Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne, and I'm here again with my first repeat guest. This is Jess Doan joining me today. Hi, Jess. Hi, Anne. It's good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Uh, Jess was here in a very early episode, I think like two or three or something like that. And uh, we talked a little bit about Jesus and mental health and what the church's role is in that. And so that was a great conversation if you want to go back and listen to that. But today I invited Jess back just because I love talking with her. And uh, you may remember that she is also a therapist. She uh, is in Indiana and she's working towards licensure. So she's not quite done with graduate school, but she is already an excellent clinician and a Jesus lover. So she's a perfect guest to come back for the podcast. You're so kind, Aunt. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost done with school. I feel like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. I'm excited. We're very excited for you to be launched out and to, for all the people that you're going to help as a therapist, because you have a natural ability and a heart for this. So mm-hmm. uh, well, welcome to the therapy profession. <laughs> <laughs> but today, today, our conversation is actually at, about food. And the reason that we're talking about food today is because we're here in the last week before Christmas. And Mm -hmm. if you're like me, you've probably been struggling since Halloween with uh, your intake of sugar or festive foods. And you're thinking about how do you celebrate with or without food? And is this going to keep continuing until February 14th or, you know, right. Yeah. I remember a long time ago, and this is so weird that I remember this quote, but it, it really struck me. It was Kirstie Alley. Do you guys remember her? Like from, she played on cheers. I love the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. But she had struggled. She's in the public eye and she had struggled with her weight for many years. And she one time in an interview had said something like, I start eating for Halloween and I don't stop until Valentine's day. And like the rest of the year, you might be able to have a little bit of control, but if you have this mindset around holidays about food means festivity or celebration or joy comes from food, which some of that is true, but if that's like your focus around the holidays, you're, you're going to have this mental, emotional struggle with a place of food. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, exactly what you said, it is something that it seems to start around October. Um, and if I'm being really honest, I'm going to back up for a minute. I'm way more comfortable talking about fitness than food. <laughs> way more comfortable, right? Because this is one of those areas that it's like I, I can even feel like I know all the things and I still struggle with it. Like it's still really struggling. So (laughs) we'll talk about fitness for a whole hour. Food is a lot more uncomfortable. Like it's a little bit sweaty thinking about that. Right. But I think it is important, um, just to normalize that, that 
this is a struggle and that we don't have to hold shame that that we continue to struggle with it. So that's my that's my side note for that. But I do feel like starting in October, it almost feels like this perfect storm because at least where I live in Indiana, the weather changes, it gets colder, seasonal affective disorder kicks in. So that's a great time. And then there are so many holidays from that point forward that are surrounded by food. Like we think about, so it's Halloween and then all of a sudden we kick in Friendsgivings and then Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and then, you know, white elephant gift parties and things at church. And like, there's all this stuff that, what is it about? It's about, Hey, let's get together and have some food. Um, And it can really make it hard to not, for me to not get that sense of like, I'm just going to throw in the towel and forget about trying to fuel my body well, all the way to January 1st. Like I'll just hit the reset button on January 1st. I feel like for me, it's that October to January and then January comes and I kick in that all or nothing thinking of like, now we're going to do all the things and then it's rinse and repeat. You know, it feels like that every year. Yeah. And for my family, we have birthdays in January and February too. So when I hit the reset button, I go, well, I'm going to do this for three weeks, but then it's my sister's birthday. And then three weeks after yeah. that'll be my birthday. So yeah, 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 you're it, right. It can't be like the all or nothing is what I'm learning. Like I, I've done whole 30 before or things that are like very strict for a certain period of time, but I can't do that long-term. I can't do that make that sustainable and still enjoy my family celebrations. And yet I don't need to go like hog wild all month because I'm going to be having a celebration that month. Like that doesn't make sense either. Right. Right. And it is, I think it is this process of like breaking that pattern of thinking of like, I'm either going to do all the things. So whole 30, like I'm eating no sugar, I'm drinking only water. I'm, you know, doing all those things, which then I do, like you said earlier, I think that feeds into, then I'm more motivated to go for a walk and exercise often. And that's, you know, trying to do all the things and then being like, okay, so on Saturday, there's a birthday party. So the whole day's a wash I'm just, it's a free, like a free for all, all day. And then that, I feel like ignites back into that pattern of, you know, just sugar addiction really is what I feel like it is. And that just swinging back in that direction of the pendulum swing. Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah. Um, I actually had a text on my phone this morning from one of my friends. This is a conversation I have with many of my friends <laughs> um, about the all or nothing. And she sent me a text this morning. She's like, just a friendly reminder, all or nothing thinking doesn't serve you well. And she was just talking about how in the text, she continued to say, like, even if you don't eat necessarily the healthiest breakfast, that doesn't mean you can't eat a healthy snack later. Or even if you know you're going to have something unhealthy for dinner, continue to to follow. We call it the protein produce rule um, because I don't do very well. If I have a lot of rules, my brain can't, my brain will become overwhelmed. So sticking with every meal, having some form of protein and produce she was like, just stick with that today. Like trying to encourage me because it can be such a struggle at this time of the year, especially. Yeah. And I think I should just point out right now that neither of us are dietitians or nutritionists, and we're also not even specialists in eating disorders or anything like that. We're just two therapist mamas that have food issues. (laughs) So we're just telling you from our own experience. 
it, what's yeah, going on there. And I think that that is part of the the thing that complicates this for a lot of people, and I know it does for me, is becoming overwhelmed at all the options, all the information. Um, and there comes a point that my my brain will, be, it just shuts down where I'm just like, I can't, there's so many different viewpoints of, you know, eat this much food, follow these macros. And I just, I can't, <laughs> I just, my brain can't wrap around it. And so definitely not an expert in this area. Um, I think that's one of the more vulnerable parts about this specific podcast is this isn't an area that I have figured out. This isn't something that I have found the the solution. And I think that can be really hard, right? And having those conversations of saying like, man, like here's my mess. I don't, I don't have it figured out, but I know a lot of other people don't either. And the conversations I've had um, is usually that, oh, you you struggle with that too. I had no idea that that was a struggle for you. And so I'm realizing a lot of us struggle with it silently and that other people may not even realize that this is something that's really, really hard for us. That's why I think it's important. And why I was like, yeah, I'll do a really scary thing (laughs) (laughs) and do this. Cause I, I want other people to know it's okay. If this is hard, it's hard for me too. In your experience, like talking to friends or clients, or what are some of the reasons that it is hard at this time of the year? I mean, we've talked about celebrations and about seasonal affective disorder. What else comes up around this time? Yeah, I think a lot of the conversations that I've been having is it really is that like, well, I've, I've already ate this that one day. So it's that meant, I think it really is this mentality of like, I'll just start over in January or I'll start over at this certain date. Um, I feel like that makes it really, really hard to use discipline, which, you know, when we're talking about discipline around food, um, it's not about restricting because in discipline, that's where we find freedom. That's why the Lord gives us boundaries is so that we can have freedom, but our minds loves, I think our, it's just our mindset loves to tell us that freedom is this ability to, it's a free for all, right? Like I can eat whatever I want. And my flesh really likes to tell me that what I need in the moment is like bread <laughs> or a cake or a cookie that that's really what I need. Um, so I think it, it is that mindset of like, well, you know, there's just going to be a lot of food that maybe I can't fight that temptation. And I do think that we have to also acknowledge like the role that sugar plays in our brains and how it affects like our brains and dopamine and that it is an addictive substance. And so I think we have to acknowledge that piece of it too that it's in part how we're talking to ourselves about food, but it's also in part understanding how it's impacting our brains. Like it, yeah. you get a dopamine rush when you eat a piece of cake and that feels really good. And we know the holidays can come with a lot of stress. Like mm-hmm. as much as we want to be like, yay, family, like family can be really hard and it can just yeah. be you know, it evokes a lot of emotion. So I think that's a lot of what I hear. It's a lot of what I deal with. And a lot of that, just like fighting that, you know, I'm either going to be all in or not in. And then the shame cycle. That's the other thing I hear a lot of like, well, I, you know, told myself, which this is part of addictive patterns, right? But I told myself that I wasn't going to eat say like you go this is a story that a friend of mine was sharing like you go to a 
a dinner party. Okay, so I'm not going to eat as much dessert today. I'll give myself permission to have a little bit. So like we're already talking ourselves into what what we're going to have, but then they go and they eat more dessert than they want. Then we start a shame cycle and that right of now I feel ashamed of myself and I feel disgusted, which just feeds into that because then we're looking for the release. Where do we turn? <laughs> when they need to feel better, we turn to food and it just repeats. And I think escalates in a lot of ways at that point. Yeah. So the food becomes that self-soothing when we don't have other good coping skills for kind of calming ourselves down or comforting ourselves. We go to the only thing that has worked in the past, which is either that dopamine hit from sugar or, I mean, different people have different foods that do that for them, but you know, you know what your thing is and how you can get that instant comfort, but it's not long lasting comfort and it never makes an actual change in your life. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And it, that just pinged something in my brain. Um, <clears throat> a, I think in recognizing this can be anything that, that you turn to, to give you that instant gratification, that instant dopamine push, like that can be anything from food to a chemical substance to even an activity that, you know, will result in you feeling good. Um, I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember which one, but there was a guy on there talking about attachment. Um, And if I need to find the reference for you, (laughs) but he was talking about attachment and he was talking about this very thing and how, when we seek out substances or activities for our dopamine push, we think that that is what is actually going to bring us comfort. And that is what we're seeking is comfort. And he was talking about how actually healing doesn't come from that healing comes in connection. Mm-hmm. And so when we even think about, and I agree with this, like, I fully agree that like we were created to be in community with others. I think this is an area our culture has, it's breaking down. We're watching it break down where we're becoming more and more isolated, but he was like, actually what we need in that moment is connection with somebody else right. or with our heavenly father. I think either of those things, right? Like that's, I feel like the benefit of being a Christian is one of the benefits is like, we always we're we believe in a relational God. And so he's always available for connection, even if we don't have people in our lives that we feel like we can be vulnerable with. And so I think sometimes we miss that the antidote to this kind of thing is actually connection with other people on a, on a deep vulnerable level to be able to say, Hey, I'm having a hard time right now. Like I'm not, I'm not doing very good. (laughs) I need, I need some reassurance or just validation to know that I'm seen and that I belong and that I'm heard here. Yeah. And I think Christmas is a perfect time to kind of meditate on what you're saying that a God of relationship and connection is always available. I mean, we, we talk about Emmanuel, God is with us. We sing this song that says tidings of comfort and joy. Like we don't get the comfort from sugar that we need. We only get that from God. And then for some people, God provides those kinds of relationships, but even if you're in a place right now where you don't have a relationship that can offer you comfort, like God will attach with you and connect with you. Yeah. Yeah. And if and you don't know how to do that, you need to ask a Christian that has a good relationship. And, and yeah, I think we miss that sometimes, right? Especially if you don't fully understand attachment and understand the role that attachment has in our lives. Like we, we're made to, 
to securely attach, right, to another being. And part of secure attachment is about safety. And whenever I think about human people, man, they're fallible. And so sometimes I can be really apprehensive to securely try to securely attach with a human being, but with God, he's not going to fail us and that he, that is such a safe relationship in all aspects because he's God. And so I think when we look at it like that, if, if it's scary to try to attach with another person, man, like I hear you, like it is scary to be in close relationship, especially if you've been hurt. But I think at the same time, that's where God definitely comes in as our comforter, as our um, peace. And I saw a quote the other day um, and it said, I'm going to have to, I'm going to owe you a lot of references and that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. I saw a quote the other day and it said, like, we kind of expect to go through life without ever needing to be comforted, but then why would we need a comforter? Like the time that you need God to comfort you, that's when things are really hard. And I think we miss that. And for me, at least like when things get really hard, I want to shut down. Like, I just want to shut down and check out because like part of that lie in my head is things aren't supposed to be hard, Mm -hmm. which I think when we look at the fall, we can acknowledge that like, it wasn't supposed to be this way. It wasn't supposed to be hard. It wasn't, we're supposed to live in a fallen world. That's not our original design and how we're created. And so when things get hard, I want to shut down. I want to check out. And usually how I check out is through food. Like, well, I'll just grab whatever it is, you know, cookies, donuts, you you know, take your pick of whatever high sugary, you know, carb loaded food. (laughs) That's what I'll go to, to check out. And then realizing like the you know, our heavenly father is there to just say, Hey, let me be that source of comfort for you. Um, because that will create more everlasting change Then that donut's just gonna make you feel sick. <laughs> like, <laughs> can we acknowledge that? Like, okay. So let's get practical for a second because okay. like, it's very easy to grab a donut. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to like, okay, so I want God to be my comfort, but what do I do? Like, what action do I take? So when you're yeah. seeking comfort from God, what do you do? Yeah, I think this is difficult because I'm currently in a season where I'm quicker to move towards the donut. <laughs> like I'm in that season right now where I'm really in the depth of the struggle with this. And I think for me in thinking about that question, things like turning on a you know, either a playlist, I have a playlist that I go to that is full of worship songs that have spoke to me in some of the most difficult seasons of my life. Um, I have other podcasts that do biblical meditations that I can go to. And it's like bonus points if I go for a walk while I do that, because it gets me moving. It gets me out of my, the bubble, the environment that I'm in, like it changes the environment. I think that's one thing. Go ahead and mention the names of those podcasts so people have that. Yeah. So the Revelation Wellness Healthy and Whole podcast, they do, um, you're going to look, there are several different types of podcasts in that. But if you're looking for biblical meditation, that's the Be Still and Be Loved ones. Um, And sometimes it can feel like a lot to sift through. So just search Be Still and Be Be Loved. loved. (laughs) Those will pop up. And then another podcast is the In It With You podcast with um, Kara Osborne. And she does five minute resets. So the I usually um, talk about both of those simply because the 
biblical meditation through revelation wellness, those can be 15 to 20 minutes. And sometimes I just don't have 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. I've got two to three yeah. and that's where Kara's podcast Kara's are comes much in. shorter. Yeah. They're like five minutes at most, mm-hmm. um, where I can just reconnect with that. And then I also have like battle verses is what I call them. And those are verses that I have found that specifically around food that I use that when, whenever I'm working, whenever I'm in a better place than what I am now, so just for that, <laughs> that sake of transparency, um, I can turn to those and um, things like, you know, the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of sound mind, right? Yeah. Um, and part of that sound, sound mind is like, it's also translated into being sober-mindedness, which like I said earlier, it's not just about drugs or alcohol, but sugar is addictive substance. And whenever we have too much sugar in our system, we're not sober-minded. We have more difficulty with that. So finding battle verses that speak to that, that the Lord has spoken to me in seasons where I've struggled, I think helps too. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest part for me is probably a form of music, I connect with the Lord a lot in that, and I connect with the Lord in nature, which is probably why I'm like, if I go for a walk and listen to worship music, it's kind of a double way of me to interrupt whatever pattern that I'm, I'm stepping in into at that point. I think for me, it's really similar to what you said, like, and what you were saying about attachment and connection really makes sense now that I'm kind of putting this together. But when I'm in that spot, some of the things that I would do, if it's available to me, I would take a walk sometimes when you're working and you're a mom and stuff, you can't just go out and take a walk. But if I'm at home and I can't go for a walk, sometimes uh, playing the piano is something that will do that for me. And I Mm. see that as it's connection with myself. Like sometimes yeah. you need to get in touch with what are your emotions, but it's also connection with God, because a lot of times I'm going to be playing some form of like worship music or hymn or something. Um, so that yeah. is really helpful for me, but not everybody plays piano. Right. So sometimes it's, right. it's writing or journaling or some other form of creativity. Like you said, being in nature. I also think what you were saying about you know, sometimes it's connecting with God or connecting with people. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes when I'm looking through the pantry, it, what I really need is a phone call with a friend and friends aren't always available at the same time you are. So that's why we have text messages and Marco Polo, right? Right. (laughs) Um, And literally that is, that is the bread and butter of our friendship, right? Is a Marco Polo where we can just uh, say what's going on and I can like I, I can remember conversations that we've had where I'm driving to work and I'm telling you how preoccupied I am with food for that day. I'm already planning <laughs> all the things that I am going to eat that day that yeah. are not part of my plan for healthy living. And yeah. you've come back and you're like, well, here's the donuts that I ate, or here's the pizza that I had for dinner. And, yeah. and we're, we're, we're communicating about food, but it's more than just like, let me tell you all the food sins I committed, but also just like, let me be here for you and let me um, meet emotional needs. So you don't have to turn to food for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, when you're talking about that, I do think one of the practical things that you can do, which isn't quite tangible. So sometimes I feel like 
we need to, we need to give people something to hold on to, right. but so this isn't fully tangible, but you could journal this. So that could be a way to make it tangible and get it out. But like looking at what am I actually needing right now? What is a need that isn't being met that I'm trying to meet through food, through standing in front of the pantry? Um, if we can find a way to interrupt and pause ourselves in that moment, say, hold on a second, what am I actually needing right now? Like, am I needing, and more likely than not for me, it really is that I feel lonely or I feel unseen or I feel, you know, whatever it is, but then I struggle to reach out because I don't want to burden anybody. I don't want to bother anybody, but I feel like all of those are lies from the enemy, right? Like, oh, you don't reach out to her. Like, you know, she's going through a hard time because you and I, that is a lot of our conversation as well. I'm really struggling. And I think the beauty of that is we don't have to provide each other with solutions because sometimes the solution just is simply saying, hey, I'm having a hard time today. I'm, you know, really struggling and it's coming out in food and I'm just, I don't really know what to do with it. I just need you to know. And I think scripture backs that up and it tells us like confess your sins to one another Mm -hmm. Um, because on some level it is a sinful rebellious heart that continues to allow me. I think it is just pure rebellion in me because I know the Lord has asked me to steward my body. Well, he's been pretty clear with me about that. And so it's this rebellious teenager that lives inside of me. That's like, can't tell me what to do. <laughs> and so then I operate out of that place. Um, and, and just to clarify, we're not saying that any food is sinful. The Bible is even clear about that, that it's not eating certain foods that are sinful, but sometimes the attitude of your heart towards food can be like you said, rebellious or idolatrous or. Oh, I think there, I think there are times that the Lord is saying to us, like celebrate with food, right? We look in the Bible and we see that time and time again, that feasts are used to celebrate. And so I think we do have to be careful to not villainize food. Food is not the problem. (laughs) It's not the issue, right? Um, It's really not about the food. And that's, I think, what part of this conversation is getting to. It's actually a deeper issue that's happening. Food can be the symptom of something that's actually deeper that's going on. And there are times um, that I feel like even in my Obsession when I'm in that all thinking versus the nothing thinking. Um, and my obsession with that, that's just as equally harmful because of the posture of my heart, because of the position that I have given either my control over food or my lack of control over food. I have given that a position and a posture in my heart that replaces God and puts, puts food and either my ability to control it. So I'm like, never eating those things or what I feel like my inability to control it is still placed it above God and kind of put it on the throne of my heart. Um, and that piece, that's the piece that I think does make it sinful. Like what am, what am I postured towards in that moment? And you can kind of test this out if you're like me and Jess and clients that I know, like, you have preoccupation about food. Like you're, you're doing this planning in your mind about the things that you're going to eat later. And there's a good part of planning. Like it does take some planning to do healthy eating, right? You have to go to the right grocery stores and have the right things on hand, but there's a part of us that does the, the planning to soothe ourselves later 
in a way that's not going to be healthy for us. And there's even a Bible verse. I'll try to see if I can find it because I don't remember the reference, but it's, it says a warning for people who plan to do evil. And, mm. and like Jess and I are talking about, it's not like the eating itself is not the evil. The posture of your heart towards that is the evil. Yeah. So we have to be really careful. If you're finding yourself preoccupied, then maybe like a, a battle verse, like Jess was saying, let's say Colossians 3, 2. This is one that my kids are memorizing. Yeah. Just think okay. about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And yeah. so if you find yourself preoccupied by what am I going to go get? Like sometimes when I'm out, it's like I start obsessing about a Starbucks drink or something like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can use that verse to think about things of heaven. So one thing that I like to use as well as Philippians four, eight, that says, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is excellent, praiseworthy, all, all mm -hmm. of these um, characteristics, that's the kind of thing that God wants me to think about. And if you're in the moment where you're like, well, a peppermint mocha is praiseworthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like try to find something else that is of God that is something that will be beneficial for you to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a true, like, I think it really is. What is the weight and no pun intended there, but what is the weight that we're giving <laughs> to whatever it is we're thinking about? Like yours is Starbucks, but mine might be the bag of donuts that I could pick up at the gas station. Right. But literally had that happen to me last week where I was like, I knew I was going to get to the gas station to get a cup of ice. It's my treat for myself. Um, the ice which is the treat. The right? ice is the treat, Let's which is, there. I did end up. So side note, I did end up going and like buying bags of ice to keep in my house so I can avoid the gas station now. But it was like the treat for myself that I could get this cup of ice and I put flavored water in it. And then I just feel that makes me feel good. Um, but also it's still a healthy choice. And I was like telling myself like, Jess, you're not going to get the donuts today. You're not going to get the donuts. And so the Lord and I had a conversation. I think this is another like nugget people can put in their toolbox in their pocket of like breath prayer of like, Lord, help me. <laughs> and in that moment, I felt like I literally felt like the Lord strengthened me and I was resolved. Yeah. I wasn't going to get the donuts. So I'm getting my eyes at the gas station and behind me is where all of the sugary foods are. Yeah. And I turn around and I, it's like, when I look at it, it's a slow-mo. I turned around and um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get the donuts, but I'm going to get the pie. And I was just like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you get the pie? I did. Oh, I did get the pie. But I think it was that piece of like, when I look back, it was that rebelliousness yeah. of like, well, I'm not you hear it? Do you hear my teenage self yeah, coming out? Totally like, I'm not going to get the donuts, but I will get the pie. And so technically I was still obedient knowing good and well, I wasn't like I knew good and well. And so I had to repent of that later. And I had to make a new plan, which was like the letter of, of the law you met, but the I met the letter of the law you <laughs> chucked out and, the window. And really when we're talking about sin, I think that that really is what we have to look at is the spirit. Like, what is our heart? What's going on here inside of our heart? And that's where for me, food becomes sinful because it, it, my posture of my heart is not in a good place. And there are times and that the Lord is going to permit you to get the peppermint mocha friend. And he's going to be like, that's a good choice. Yeah. And I think that is really part of where the hardest part of the struggle with food can come from is this it's not this strict, this is good, this is bad. 
I feel like maybe it'd be easier if it was like, this is, this is it. This is what you need to do, period. And the Lord is like, no, I need you to find this balance. The only way we can find that balance is this direct connection with him. Mm-hmm. That's really the struggle though, right? Like if you could just tell me, I would do really, really well following the law. Yeah. Tell me what to do. That's what I'll do. Because sometimes the Lord says like around Halloween, that's where I started slipping. And the Lord was like, no, like it's, you can have a piece of candy. I don't want you to feel like this all or nothing candy isn't the problem here have a piece of candy Mm -hmm. but then I'm I take that inch that he gives me and I run with it for miles right and so I think that that is the hard part is the Lord it's this constant connection with him that you have to have in listening to what does obedience look like in this moment with you because sometimes that obedience is having the treat Mm -hmm. right because if you feel like you can't have the treat ever then I would, I would question, okay, so is that also taking throne room in your heart at that point? And there's a pride wrapped up in that, right? So it's hard. This is hard. Yeah. It's not, there's not a formula for it. All I can say is that the only way to get through this is to have like that ever present Holy spirit connection where you're asking God and he's telling you moment by moment, here's the course I have for you. And the only way to get to that point is to spend time with him. And so, I mean, listeners know, I kind of also nerd out about Bible literacy. Like you need to be in your Bible. You need to be spending time with God so that you can hear his voice. My my 11 year old daughter this week was like at youth group. They wanted us to be quiet so that we could hear God talking to us. And I didn't know how to do that. And I'm like, yeah, that is something that takes practice because you don't know, is this uh, some voice that I have in my head that's trying to tell me right from wrong? Or is this really the voice of God? Because God's voice is always going to be more loving and more gracious mm-hmm. and more merciful than what we try to do for ourselves. Yeah. And so to be able to tune into him, that the only way that you can know his voice is by spending time with him. You know, it makes sense because when we think about our friendship in the beginning, you and I, you wouldn't recognize my voice in the beginning of our friendship. And I wouldn't recognize yours. And um, even with Marco Polo, like we see each other's faces, but I wouldn't recognize your voice. Whereas now after, man, we've been friends like two years, which is so fun. Um, if you called me, even if I couldn't see your face. I would know it's you. Like I would know instantly your voice because I hear your voice nearly every single day. And so, (laughs) and I love that. I would know, I would know it was you. Um, And I think sometimes we think, well, I should just know God's voice because I'm a Christian. And if we're not spending time with him and practicing listening and even practicing discerning, is this the voice of the father or is this a voice from somewhere else, whether that's the enemy, the world, whatever it is, we can miss being able to discern this is his voice. And that is, I think what you said is one of the key factors I look at is, is this loving? Like, is this from the father? And then if you're really not sure, that's what the word is for, because the voice of the father will always align with the word. It always will. So when you're trying to determine flesh or spirit, does it align in the word? Does the word confirm it? Um, because if it doesn't, then 
even a, a seemingly loving voice like you deserve do you hear this you deserve that peppermint mocha because you had a really hard day that can feel loving in the moment but it might not align with God's word. Where is your comfort coming from? Right. Yeah. And so sometimes we have to, we have to understand. And I'd say most of the time getting into the word and knowing the word will help you discern that voice because it, that will align. Yeah, exactly. Well, I wasn't sure exactly when we started this conversation, like what are we going to do to kind of incorporate our faith in, into this? And, and yeah. But it came out naturally, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And yeah, and I think, you know, honestly, when we started, I was like, I really don't know where this is going to go. Like, we're just yeah. going to go with it. And I trust, I do trust God to, to help us get out of it, what is needed. And uh, for me, and I think for you too, this isn't just a physical battle for us. This is a spiritual battle. And I think about what Paul says, like, you know, this is kind of the, the thorn in, in my flesh, because I know the Lord could come and take it away instantly and take all of my cravings and all of the struggle away, but also an understanding you said earlier, we need this constant connection with the father in order to battle this. Um, it continues to push me like, okay, Lord, like this is one area in my life. I know for sure. Like I need him. Yeah. I am not capable on my own. I have proven that to myself multiple times and I've tried to battle this on my own I am not capable of doing this without yeah. his strength um, because this is where I am so weak even I have all the knowledge from my training in revelation and wellness I'm it been done groups I've done all the plans you name it I've probably tried it but none of those things stick and I think it's because this is this is the thorn in my flesh an example of that yeah well you know how, when you're talking to somebody who is in love, like they can't help talking about that person or like a mom that's kind of like in love with her children. She can't yeah. help talking about them. And I just love that our conversation went like, like you have to connect with God because it shows like <laughs> you and yeah. I are just really in love with God. And yeah. like, that's the most important piece of this, no matter what you're struggling with mental health, physical yeah. health relationships like it all ties back to this and this is yeah. the priority to get this going in your life yeah yeah if you and I think too like if if I can just say a lot of times when we're talking about food and talking about our bodies and physical health like how we measure success is really important and I know that this isn't quite measurable so forgive have my research professor forgive me for not setting measurable goals over here. But, <laughs> you know, I think if we're looking at what is the measure of success, let's change that from how many carbs and macros and this and that, that I'm eating and look at like, am I connecting with the father? Am I um, taking this and using this to deepen my relationship with him? Can we change how we talk about success in this area? It's not about the scale and this can be so hard, right? Cause I can see the scale change. I could that is measurable yeah. and we want something measurable. But if I could challenge your listeners and even myself to look at like, am I successful? Well, let's talk about, am I turning to the Lord more? That could be such a better measure of success. Yeah. And I just had a thought about that as you were talking, like most of us Christians, we pray before we eat, right? Mm -hmm. We pray right at that moment when the food's already on our plate and we're about to 
dig in and that's when we pray. But what if our mealtime prayers, we backed it up a little bit and we prayed before we ordered our meal or before Mm -hmm. we prepared that meal or grocery shopped for that meal? Maybe that's when we need to be praying for our food. <laughs> like, like way, way before. Cause at yeah. the point that we're sitting down, it really is it's just already, like the decision's been made. It's it's been made. And you know, um, you know, thank you, Lord, for providing the food. But definitely, have you seen that meme? Side note, have you seen that meme that it talks about like uh it's like Thanksgiving and there's all this like non really not very nurturing food on your plate and they're like lord bless this to our bodies there's an irony that happens in that yeah yeah. and so i do think backing it backing it way up to say okay lord how can i meal plan how can i grocery shop how can i um you know even fill my plate portion sizes all of that in a way to honor you right now today because honestly that might look different every single meal yeah, yeah. and how you're honoring him and what is honoring to him each of those times mm-hmm. yeah I think that's a good exactly. point wow okay good yeah thing to change about my system here I'm Same. Over my yeah. meal planning and my <laughs> restaurant ordering okay so we gotta wrap up for today but I feel like there's a whole other conversation and maybe you'll come back again sometime and we can talk about how we pass our food issues on to our children oh yeah <laughs> for sure that's, that's a, big, a whole nother podcast yeah. yeah that's a big part of the holidays too is p- passing traditions within the family and so uh, yeah. maybe we'll talk about that sometime And I just want to thank you again, because it's always my pleasure to talk to you and and just build our friendship and see you blossom as a professional as well. So yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get all those links that you mentioned in the show notes for anybody. (laughs) Have some research to do today, Jess. And then I just always want to remind people at the end that there is a weekly newsletter. You'll be able to be updated on all of the podcast episodes and other resources that we put out, sometimes blogs. And you can find that by going to soulgreatresources.com and signing up to be part of the list. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. So I hope you become friends. I'm in the habit of collecting friends from all over the place, right, Jess? (laughs) Absolutely, yes. So come join us for some more fun over there. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.